This is the author. 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 Penguin Random House Audio presents This is the author. This is the author. This is the author. Writing a book is hard. Narrating your audiobook is well, we'll let the author tell you about it. Today in the studio. This is Jess Shatkin. My book is about adolescence. How they age, how they grow, and how they make decisions. Why do they do what seem like the most insane things at times? I wrote my book because I've always been really interested in the teenage years and not only teens but adolescents. That period of time from about 10, 11, 12 until about 25, 26, 27 when we actually start to not only become but act like adults. Those years, so many things change. And we all remember those years in our own lives so acutely, so intensely, just like it was yesterday. Well, it turns out that there's a bunch of reasons why that is the case. And we set a path for ourselves during those years that really forecasts our future. So much inevitably changes and predicts who we will become and how we will get there. And that is something that has fascinated me my entire life. I was inspired by a couple of things. First, I was building a resilience program for NYU, for the college students, and for a high school in Manhattan. And that set me on a course of rereading and reevaluating a lot of new research that I hadn't seen on why adolescents behave as they do, how they make decisions, and why they take risks. And as I got into that, I think the thing that inspired me the most was a woman named Valerie Reyna and the work that she's done at Cornell in developing, along with a guy named Charles Brainerd, the fuzzy trace theory. And this is the idea that when it comes to risk, we tend to make decisions with actually less information, not more, or we make at least better decisions with less information, not more. And this aligned with things that I had been thinking but hadn't really articulated very well, and certainly things that I work with on patients. The idea that there's a gist or an overall sense of how we see the world and how we view the world, and it's not something that we can categorize quantitatively very well. So Valerie Reyna and Charles Brainerd's theory set me on a different course and allowed me to see risk from a whole different perspective. So I've tried to infuse their work, and that inspired me. And then, of course, there's so many other things along the way, the evolutionary data, the neurobiology of the brain, the effects of peers and the work of Lawrence Steinberg. There are so many things that have been helpful in understanding how to think about this work, and I've tried to swallow that all up in the book and do the best I can with it. Narrating my audiobook was actually harder than I thought, and I found myself even a little more nervous than I thought I would. For about 10 years, I've been a radio talk show host for two hours every week on Sirius XM's Dr. Radio channel, a show called About Our Kids. And I find that really easy. I'm sitting across a table. I'm talking to other people. I'm asking and answering questions. I'm talking to parents on the phone from all over the country and addressing their concerns about depression and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and learning disorders and ADHD and all the rest. This was different because I'm in a booth by myself staring at an iPad trying to read and in my case trying to read slowly. For whatever reason, this California kid who I am speaks really quickly and reads really quickly, and trying to be measured and slow and paced, that was probably the hardest thing that I faced. 
I realized that I had trouble pronouncing actually not many words. The problem for me again was when I start to speed up and move quickly, then I start to jumble my words and swallow my letters. So the words themselves weren't much of a problem. It was putting out too many words at once. I'm excited about sharing this book actually in my own voice. I was offered someone else to read the book by the publisher, but I insisted that I would really like to read the book. And not only is it the story that I wrote, but it's also something that I felt I really wanted to try to get across in my own words. I hope I've succeeded. If I wasn't to record my audiobook, I would cast Donald Trump because I'd like him to see what I wrote here and how contrary it is to just about everything he's doing to our country. There was a lot of reading going on around the house growing up, and I know my parents read to me. Actually, the fondest memory I have of reading is my dad used to read me Aesop's fables at night. Because he was working late and I was in bed often by the time he got home, he would just come to my bedroom, kiss me goodnight, and usually read me one tale. And then he would have me guess the fable. And then, if time permitted, I would read one and he would guess the fable. That's a really resonant memory for me. These days, or maybe more recently, I should say, reading to my kids became a huge part of what I did as a father. And although I rarely read to my kids anymore because they're such fine readers and they're teenagers, for years, well past when they needed us to read to them, we went through whole series of books, Harry Potter series, the Lightning Thief series, Beatrix Potter, all of these things. And I read these books to my kids so many times that I memorized full tales. And in the book, when I talk about reciting Madeline by heart as I'm driving through France trying to amuse my daughter, that's not a fable. I mean, I knew the 150 lines or so from Madeline absolutely by heart and many, many others because we read again and again to our kids. And I think it was, I'm sure it was perhaps the most or some of the most high quality time I ever spent with my children. Tune in next time to hear what happens when another author is in the studio. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.